seven days a week, 24 hours a day, live radio contact. Hello and welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parks and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show, we'll have, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Good evening, Rob. You okay, mate? It's nearly time. The Super League season starts this weekend. Yeah, it certainly does. It certainly does. We've waited a long time for this, haven't we? And it seems like ages ago since that, that last game, home game against uh, St. Helens in, in September. The waiting's finally over and, you know... Pundits are writing us off left, right and centre, aren't they? And now's our opportunity to go out and prove more wrong. Yeah, we're talking about that in the show, Paul. What else have we got on this week's show? Yeah, we've got all the news coming out of the club. There's quite a bit of, a bit of sad news, isn't there, regarding Manny Vata, which we're going to talk about. We've got the amateur report as well, and then we'll be previewing our uh, Super League opener against Wigan. Yeah, so let's all start with the big news coming out of South Red Devils this week. Yeah, so we'll start with the uh, sad news that Manu Vatavai has suffered an Achilles injury, Paul. Uh, it's a big setback for him and the club. Yeah, it certainly is. I believe he suffered that, that injury in, in training last last Friday, I think it was. Um, yeah, big blow. It's a big blow at the start of the season. Um, you know, you're this close now. Ian Watson's arranged the side. We're quite threadbare in three quarters and wings anyway. It was quite a, a part of the squad that we were a bit limited in. Manu is a big figure as well. He's a big goal-forward player. Played eight games for his last season, scoring five tries. But I don't think we saw the best of him last season. And we spoke to Wattle and, and Wattle more or less said that, you know, with a full pre-season behind the lad, he's going to be really strong and be a big tower strength for us going forward this season. And he's a big man, isn't he? He's a big man to stop. He's a goal-forward player, as we say. And he's going to be a big hole. He's going to be, going to be missed. And it's just a real shame for Wattle because he has a lot to deal with, doesn't he? He has all this off-the-field stuff to deal with. Now he's got injuries to deal with. And I've got to feel sorry for him sometimes. And... Uh, but, you know, every time something like that happens, it opens a door for somebody else. So perhaps that's opened a door now for Jake Bibby, Daryl Alferts. They're going to get a chance now, aren't they? So let's hope they can step up. Yeah, opportunity for Ian Watson to, to you know, work his squad, the likes of Alfert and, and Jake Bibby, to come in and, and do a good job. You know, they are good players. They've shown that uh, in the off-season. You know, they've put in some good performances, haven't they? So, you know, obviously, Manu Batavai being out injured now for, a, you know, a significant amount of time. Um, Willie and Watson, do you think, go and dip into the transfer market and buy a replacement, or does he go what we've got? I'm not too sure. That's probably a question we'll have to ask Ian. It's probably a question we'll have to ask the board, and I don't know what money's available, whether we could get somebody on loan. I don't know how it works with Manu Batavai. I suppose a lot of it depends on his injury, and if they've had an update yet, is it going to be out for the season? Going to be back within six months. I'm not too sure. We'll have to ask some questions at the weekend about that, and hopefully Ian might know a bit more. Then I don't know whether they have scans for that that sort of injury or not, and I don't know whether you know the severity of it. But like I look at things now, we've, we've probably got three wingers there now, aren't we? Derek, Derek Alfords, um, Jake Bibby, and Greg Johnson. You've got Chris Wellen and, and Junior Sal, Josh Jones for the centre. So they are a bit limited there. And please God, we don't get any more injuries now in that department because we are looking very thin on the ground. Yeah, I suppose it's a matter of Ian Watson figuring out about his squad. And, you know, I suppose Super League is a long season, in it? You need to make sure that you, your squad's big enough because the injuries is a, is a part of the game, Paul. 
Yeah, it certainly is. And if you remember back to last season, we were dealt a blow with, uh, with Ben Murdoch Masilla. We lost him at the start of last season for, for quite a few games as well after he got the injury at Rochdale, aren't it? So it's not, not new to us, this sort of thing, but it's something he can do without, especially on the eve of a big game against Wigan. Your man would probably have been in the starting lineup for that game. I mean, whether we can bring somebody in and replace him, let's not write him off just yet until we've found out how he's going and uh, you know what the, the prognosis is. Yeah, so um, you know we wish him a speedy recovery, uh, and we hope that we'll see him again in a red shirt uh, real soon. Um, other pieces of news: we face Wigan on Friday night, Paul. Half seven kickoff. Don't forget earlier than normal. People don't want people turning up at eight o'clock missing half the game. Uh, you know, half the game wouldn't be good that Paul, would it? So. Um, hospitality tickets are still available um, if you want to go on upstairs and you know there's fantastic stuff going up up there in Nepal I knew you were going to ask that question <laughs> yeah somebody out of Coronation Street's there forgive me for me I've not it's Caff Tilsley yeah, I was going to say there's not Gale too no no it's, it's, it's Caff Tilsley um, I've not for, walked Coronation Street well <laughs> she's there uh, and also there's a girl band called Girls in the Mix and a DJ set as well um, it's, it's really good I say the club are, tr- are trying to promote this because obviously it generates income for the club and, and they're able to, to invest it in back into the club and I think it's important you know if you own like a business uh, and able to, to do that for your staff or, or whatever or potential clients and invite them to the game it's, it's a selling point for you your business and the club as well I think it's great that you know the club are pushing this yeah, certainly. If you, if you can't afford to go in there and, and, and witness that hospitality and that entertainment, the Supporters Trust have organised the entertainment for the Wigan game in the, in the fans' marquee down there. They've got a singing act on. I won't tell you who it is. Uh, I'll let it surprise you on the night. But uh, they've organised, they're going to be organising a lot of the entertainment for the, for the coming season. That's going to be exciting down there in the fans' marquee. You get a good atmosphere down there at the, the start of the game. But yeah, all the, all the entertainment's good, Rob. You know, and that's what we need now. We need to build things on match days. And Andy Rossler said, didn't he, that he's going to make these, these 14 home games or 15 home games however many home games it will, will be you know events and, and, uh, and you know, turn them into an event each week a different event and have different acts on and things like that and that's what people want to see now don't they want to come and be entertained you know someone like me I just, I just go for the match but you know the, the way modern society is now people want to be entertained and, and see the other things as well so it's all good yeah I think turning it into a, an occasion Paul uh, for the whole family uh, is important I think that's how you kind of enticing these people outside the bubble I've got to say, you know, the club are doing fantastic with the social media, but you're hitting your people in your bubble. And I think for important for us to grow as a club, we need to go outside this bubble and, and try and entice people in. I know there was reports of going um, to is it Salford University and, and, and Manchester University, I think Bolton College as well, trying to reach out to our, you know, you know, outside our inner area, Paul, trying to entice fans in. I think it's great. I think the club are, are trying to do that. Um, and hopefully they'll continue, you know, through the season. Yeah, I think there's more to life than social media, Rob. I think social media plays a big part of people's lives, but there's an awful lot of people who aren't on social media um, who probably go to the games as well. All the generations, there's a lot of people over 50 who go to matches, obviously you might not be on Twitter, my dad's not on Twitter or Facebook. And, you know, those, those sort of people need, need to know what's going on, don't they? And I think another important thing we've not touched on is fixtures. I don't know if the club have got fixtures out. I've not seen one yet. Um, you know, the fixture cards, things mm. like that. They, you need to get them on. They're important. People need to know when the games are and that gets people talking whether they can whether the club are working on that, I'm not too sure. I know the supporters trust them. We're trying to get something organised. That'd be great to see fixtures up in chip shops, garages, shops, post offices, you name it, people's houses. Get them sorted for kids as well, the posters. But even those little credit card ones that we used to have, you know, it's about the size of a credit card. You used to pick them up from the reception at the age of the old club shop at the Willow. Get them in your wallet. You've got them then, haven't you? Someone asks you who's playing in three weeks' time. I usually know the next sort of ten fixtures off the top of my head, but 
I was thinking today, and I couldn't remember who we had after uh, the St. Helens game. And uh, oh, we'll do soon once I've studied the fixtures. But nice to get them out as well. Yeah, I think we know that. I don't know it. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to update everyone. Anyone who wants to tweet us and let us know. I'm getting on a bit now. Though, <laughs> so I forget things now. But yeah, I used to be able to remember a while. Yeah. Um, Catherine uh, Tilsley plays Eva in Coronary Street, just in case you're wondering. Uh, but yeah, she's there as well. And I think it's great. Obviously, the club are trying to promote this big, big, big Wigan game. But for me... It's the next home game, which is against... Wilkinson Rovers. Yeah, Wilkinson Rovers. You know, that's that's the next one. You know, they can probably sell this out. It's how that how they approach that Wilkinson Rovers game in a couple of weeks' time. If they do the similar kind of push and, and touch, you know, touch the people outside our bubble similar, in similar ways and try and tie them in and, we, and we're able to, to get a, a big crowd there as well, um, I think it's going to be, you know, good signs for the season to come, Paul. Certainly, yeah, that Wilkinson Rovers game is a big game. I was looking at the fixture list today and we play two away games after that. We play St. Ellen's and Castleford away. Two daunting away games there. So that Wilkinson Rovers game, I don't want to be negative because last week I thought you, you shot me down a bit last week with my negativity. Well, I wasn't being negative, but just saying about aiming high. But that Wilkinson Rovers game for me is a, is a big game. It's, I don't want to call it a four-pointer, but that's a game we need to be winning. We need to be targeting that game in there. Well, let's hope that we get a big atmosphere for that one. Home games, to me, are key this season. Well, it's just aimed at you, Paul. It's aimed at everybody. I think a lot of Soul fans, they kind of say, oh, well, we can, you know, you mark out your game that you think you're going to win. And it's it's, though, we don't tend to win at St. Yeah. We haven't won there since 1980. Yeah. So, and is a tough place to go. So, Hawkins Rovers at home then becomes a vital two points. But, I, I, like I said last week, Paul, it's about going going big. And, and obviously, you can't just do enough... Can't just do enough to win, to win a game. Can't just do enough to promote this game, but not do the next game. You've got to do it every oh, week, yeah, aren't yeah, you? So that's the that's the bottom line, and that's where the club are going. At, hopefully, and we'll we'll see similar adverts and, and promotions throughout the season because that's that's what we want, don't we? we? Want to be able to, you know, it's consistency for me. What are you expecting on Friday, Robert? Are you expecting a big crowd there? I mean, you'd expect Wigan to bring a good following, wouldn't you? From 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 their neck of the woods, being world champions and. They mm. notoriously bring a good following, Wigan. Do you think the half seven kickoff's going to have a, have a bearing on? Yeah, that's, that's going to be a, a thing. Obviously, with with traffic on a Friday, people kind of leave work early, don't they? So you you yeah, you, you might get early, yeah, yeah. you might get caught up in the back end of that, possibly. Uh, but that's what Super League decided. They decided to kick off at half seven, didn't they? So you know, I suppose it helps people on the other side because they'll be getting off half an hour early. Uh, and don't forget, there's another uh, exit now from the from the car park. If you if you're wondering to try that out, might ease congestion and get rid of that myth of you know people getting stuck in our car park for four days well I was thinking today about my, my journey on Friday and I, I, I'm thinking of going to the traffic centre and having a, having a cup of tea and, uh, and walking to the ground from there leaving my car there yeah. and then I can go in there and have a celebratory <laughs> coffee after the game when we've won <laughs> so I don't actually might try something different you know rather than getting stuck on the motorway because I live in Boston so I'll be coming I can go either both way round the M60 if I want but I always get stuck in traffic same going home as well and it's a bit of a nightmare now that M60 could be closing at night time. There's closures in there. They put cones out and I can't see in the dark, have it? So <laughs> I really struggle to get there. So, But no, I don't want to put people off. Let's not put people off getting there because there's, there's major things going on now. The bridge is there now. You know, the, the, that A57, they sort of um, prioritise each side of the road, don't we, to, to get the cars in and that. So let's not put people off. Let's, let's say, you know, if you're thinking about going to traffic or something like that and, and walking across, it's about a 10-minute walk, I think, now, isn't it? So that makes it more accessible as well. Paul's traffic news, that could be a, a, a theme. I want to try, no, I want to try and be a positive I can because it did my head in last season and the season before. I mean, yeah, Mr. Kukash going on about how difficult it was to get there. And, and to me, as an owner, the, the new owner seems to be more positive about things. And you've got to be, you can't keep telling people how hard it is to get to, 
because you go to other grounds, I mean, you know, Leeds, St. Helens, they don't even have car parks. Mm. Well, how do you go on there? You have to walk about half a mile to the ground, which I've not got a problem with, but don't have a go at Salford and say we're hard to get to because it's just as hard everywhere else. Yeah, I think people use that as an excuse for me. What about you need to be United? Right, they get 75,000 at Old Trafford. Mm. When I've been to Old Trafford in the past to watch rugby league games years ago, um, I used to park in Trafford Park, and we'd have to park there, and, you know, in like the works, and you'd open the gate for the day, and you pay a fiver to the, the bloke, and then you had to walk on the door, and you'd pay him a fiver, <laughs> and then you'd go in, wouldn't right. you leave your car there? Yeah. But how, how do they go on now? They get 75,000. This is like in the 80s, 90s, when there was only 50,000. There's 75,000 there now. How do they all get away from that ground in super quick time? They don't. They must have to wait and queue up and things like that. I think with I think with United, they've got the tram, they've got buses. If I I kind of live in kind of Sale, which is kind of the other side of Old Trafford, and I kind of see sort of match day traffic, you know, at the back end and the front end, and you, they have buses lined up. Never hear anyone complain about no, it. No, no, you don't. No, there must be congestion. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I know I don't live too far from from the Etihad Stadium where the City play, and that could be a nightmare mm. when there's a match on. I mean, my kids drag me to that go there. Place that's near the ground, <laughs> and we went on a Saturday when City was on. When it, was, it was carnage, but he never really complained about it. It's just one of those things that you've got to, you know, there's traffic on, people are going, you just go Yeah, so you've got your road open, you've got buses up yeah. to the, the stadium. Um, I think it's important, I think they're kind of improve, trying to improve that, Paul. And the more us fans kind of get it out there that you know they've, they've opened this road and you know the transport links are, are getting better, more people want to come and watch, and you know, they get this myth of being stuck on the car park for half an hour. That's all rubbish. Yes, I, I, I think it's one of the rubbers that, and if you do get, just go and have a cup of tea or something, or whatever. Go in the fans bar and watch the the end of the game that's on on, on Sky Sports. No, not at all. Um, next bit of news: uh, the club are promoting. Um, if you own, if you're in like a social club or a or a kind of amateur club, um, you can buy Salford Red, Red Devils tickets, and you get fifty percent of, of of the ticket price. Paul, that'd be great for you and the club if you were in a social club yeah certainly helps it helps both both um, sides of the coin there doesn't mm-hmm. it yeah gets people talking about the club as well gets us out in the community and that's what it's all about now these days isn't it Rob as you said before about the amount of attractions but the more we can get our name out there the more we can get people talking about it we've spoke tonight on, on sports zone haven't we about the universities getting involved I've seen those sort of tweets I, I joined Twitter a few, a few weeks ago <laughs> and I'm, I'm finding it difficult I must admit I'm, I'm a bit slow with it all but it's fascinating the things that you see on there and the conversations that you see, it is a mad world, but I think that's the way the world's going, and you've got to get your name out there, haven't you, Rob? And the more people are talking about you, the more chance you've got of people coming to the game. Yeah, I suppose with Twitter, it's just like it's like walking outside, just shouting to anybody who wants to listen, and that's that's the way I I look at Twitter. Do you know, with Twitter, is it, is it selective? What what comes on your sort of timeline? Is it selective of the things you follow? Because I always I get on my self for self for self for self. Yeah, if you if you <laughs> follow, yeah, if you, if you follow people. Um, then obviously their their tweets will come on your your timeline, and um, yeah, it's you know it, it's very useful to, to connection you know with people outside and you know fans. It's you know it's a massive thing for our podcast. We know our uh, reach is amazing on, on Twitter and on Facebook, and you know we can't thank you, our listener, enough for, for you know tuning in every week and, and sharing our, our show out and about. And it's it's great. I think it's really amazing how how Twitter and Facebook and social media have, have you know have moved forward, especially the clubs. The clubs have been on fire, haven't it? Last. Uh, you know, since the uh, since the off season, they've been there about. Yeah, there's plenty of stuff on there, isn't there? Mm. Yeah, it certainly is. There's always stuff on there advertising the games, and it was nice to see um, the mention for Oldham. Levy and Zungu scored a try for Oldham on dual registration on Sunday. Gavin Bennion also played. I was reading about that. It's a shame I couldn't get up there on on Sunday. So, uh, so yeah, there's all good stuff happening on the, the social media side of things. Yeah, it's going to be a 
a great uh, occasion. And just hopefully, like you say, you know, we can share it out there and let your friends know that there's a game on with your social media networks. Obviously, the, the, the club want us fans to engage with our friends and, and outside the rugby and try and entice them in. And I suppose social media is, is a kind of a way of doing that, Paul. It certainly is in the modern modern day and era now of 2018. That's the way the world's going. The youngsters are into that. And we, we talk about all the time that we youngsters are the future of the club, aren't they? Obviously, and we need to we need to be in tune with them, don't we? And get them on the, the social media. And uh, I'm no expert on it, but that's the way things are going. The more proactive you can be in there, the more followers you can get. It's about building that that positivity, isn't it? And um, there's obviously you've got to win games. It's a it's a rugby league business. It's a it's a winning games business. You can do all the social media and the marketing you want, but Top and bottom is that you've got to win matches, haven't you, and, and, and results, and you'll, you'll you'll be judged by your performances on the pitch, won't you? Again, but if you can get your off the field stuff right, I think the rest of it will sort of slot in place as well. Yeah, tickets are available for the Casford game and the Wakefield game, the away games. I think it's important, Paul, because I think the club gets it twenty five percent of the ticket. Yeah, we mentioned that last week, didn't it? If you're going to get your tickets, you know, get them. You can get them on, uh, on Friday night when we play Wigan Cart, you know, pop down in your dinner hour or whatever. Get them from the AJ Bell Stadium. Did you phone up and get him to post them out to him pay over the phone? I'm pretty sure you did. I bet you could. Yeah, I think I've done that before, yeah. Mm. I've done that before. I mean, obviously, phone the stadium and just double-check with them. But yeah, you're always best off, I think, getting them from the club. At least we get some money back as well. Another revenue stream for the club. Yeah. Massive, uh, massive thing uh, going on. Um, next bit of news. The Red Angels are looking for a sponsor, Paul. Um, the ladies work so hard on a match day and in the community as well. And, you know, really hoping that sort of some local business out there uh, can sponsor them. Do a great job as well, don't they, Rob? Do a great job on, on match days, and uh, yeah, if any local businesses are, are, are interested, you know, get involved, get in, get in touch with the, with the club, or or um, who's the lady who does the, the Red Angels? Uh, Georgina. Georgina, sorry, yeah. yeah. Get in touch and, uh, and and sort that out. Yeah, you can tweet them uh, on Twitter at Red Angels Dance One uh, if you're a sort of a local business and you want to help sponsor the uh, the Red Angels in the uh, 2018 season. Uh, another bit of news uh, this week. Um, I, I do a show, a show called Bobby's Magic Music on Radio Contact, uh, and we're doing a sofa special this week to celebrate the uh, the season uh, to come. Paul, it's going to be a, a great show. That you like your music? Well, I am that show. You yeah, are the one I'm on, right? We've not recorded it yet. <laughs> no, uh, not yet. Busy, <laughs> busy men on that one. Yeah, looking forward to it. We did one last year, didn't we? We I did came on it last year for yeah. Yeah, I like doing music and things like that. Yeah, I love the music and we love the league, so we're. I think you picked the song, though, haven't you? Yeah. You picked the song, so uh, we'll, we'll see. It's my show. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, there's lots of, um, you know, sulfur-related songs. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's a, kind of a show full of sulfur chat and, and a bit of music involved as well. It, co- it goes out on uh, Thursday at nine o'clock. Uh, we'll put the link up. And on Saturday at half nine. Maybe like a preview to the season. Yeah. yeah. Talking about sulfur devils and the season to come and... You know, make sure it's not, it's kind of live. So just make sure that you, you get your, um, you know, we, you can't, it's like a podcast where you can, re, we can listen to it anytime. You can't do that, unfortunately. It's live, it's go. So nine o'clock Thursday, half nine Saturday. Um, you'll be advertising it on Twitter. Though, oh, you? yeah, I'll be all over that like a rash. So uh, make sure you tune into that. Um, so that's all the news uh, coming out of Sovereign Devils. Before we go, though, we've got Supporters Trust News, Paul. Yeah, we certainly have. Yeah, I'm glad you reminded me there, Rob. As I mentioned before um, about the, the entertainment, that's been, uh, Sorted for the fan marquee for the Wigan game, and it's going to continue to do so throughout the season. So, it, but the supporters trust and Dave Campbell asked me today if you've got any ideas uh, for, for things and events that you want to happen before the game in that you know, the fan marquee. Contact the trust; you can do that. You, know, you, can, you can ask us, and we'll pass the message on or whatever. You can go on the supporters trust Facebook page, website, Twitter. 
you know, people know the reunions these days, don't know with Facebook and Twitter and things like that. We'll get in touch with it and pass them the ideas. It, they were saying it doesn't have to be music related or, or band related or whatever. It can be whatever you want. So you just get in touch with them as well. The pin badges have been ordered. Uh, those are available for any, every member of the club trust will, will get their pin badge and they've been ordered and they're going to be available on February the 13th. So look, look out for them because they're brilliant. We like our badges, don't we? We do. Um, uh, so that's another one for, for our collection. They'll be available as says, for the whole KR game. The 13th of February at home picture going to be there. I'm hoping to sort out some collection days before then. You know, if you can't make it to the OKR game or you want it before the game or whatever. And the trust is now approaching 500 members, which I think is an excellent, excellent effort so far. You know, it only started in October. It snowballed. People have bought into it and 500 members is brilliant. But I don't, you know, anybody who's listening now to the podcast, you know, just, just check, check them out. Check it out on the Facebook page or the website. Just see what's happening. There's been some good events going on now. £10 to join, you get your badge, you get a say, you get to go to the meetings, you can find out what's going on. But more importantly, you're supporting the team, aren't you? And, and the, the foundation as well, you're helping the, the Red Devils Foundation out and the, and the young under 16 ones as well. It's helping our club grow you know, at a time when, when they need us. Yeah, it's a big big hand clap for everyone involved in that. And I think it's, I think it's amazing, obviously, like you say, October, did you say it started? Yeah, it was right about October time, wasn't it? 500 people from, from then brilliant. until it's now is... is Unbelievable, unbelievable, and it's all going to get bigger, Paul. Obviously, when more people, you know, get to know about it, and you know, in the season, obviously, you see more people, don't you? In, in, yeah, in the yeah. So you can, you can obviously, you know, sell, you know, sell that to them, and you know, the, the more this supporters trust grows, you know, the more it can help the club and make the club grow bigger and bigger. Well, I hope for you know my wish for this time next year is you know that supporters trust can have as many members as we've got season ticket holders. I think hopefully if everybody's a season ticket holder, they should be a member of the trust. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it can even grow bigger than that. I, I think it's an amazing thing. It's, it's something that it just shows we're going in the right direction, I think. And the, the club's going in the right way. And we've got people who are looking after it and, and willing to care for it. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, you've got uh, an article out, haven't you? Talking about the Wigan game for the supporters trust. That's well worth a read too. Oh, yeah. Um, I did um, a little blog for them. It was about the... Um, the league match in 1997, which is 21 years ago, that great win on a, on a Friday night. It was funny because I didn't put it in the article, but I was, I was a minute reminiscing about that, that night to, to tell my wife. The other night I bore her about myself with stories <laughs> sometimes, but I said to her, uh, I said, oh, it was a Friday night game. And she said, I've got, still got the shirt, that 97 shirt, it still fits me. And I, I said to my dad that night before the game, can I have one of them shirts? I really want the old shirt. I've not had an old shirt for about eight or nine years. And he said, who, who beat you with the team? I'll get you one. And uh, we won 14 4 and we went straight to the club shop and all the corner. Yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, and we got a shirt. I think it's pretty amazing that 1997, you've not put an ounce of weight on. I don't think that was in <laughs> 1997, <laughs> yeah. But I remember because the next day I was doing my paper round and um, I collected all the, uh, it was Saturday morning, so I collected all the, you know, the, the paper cuttings out oh, of the yeah. mirror and the star. People were getting papers and they were getting complaints at the shop saying, he's nicked half a page out of the back of this. <laughs> I collected them from his scrapbook. But yeah, they were great days then, weren't they? They were loads of... The young Ian Watson scored that night. You know, he played was at half back with Steve Blake. No, they, they're the sort of days that you know, got us up to, aren't they, watching Salford? So yeah, uh, you know, we remember them days really fondly. And when you fall upon hard times and that now, you, you remember them and think that they were supportive. Yeah, that, that's... Like you say, it's memory making, isn't it? And obviously, been at the AJ Bell now for six, seven years, is it? And you're hoping that you know we've made some good memories so far yes, uh, in the uh, yeah in the AJ Bell. You have indeed, and then you're hoping that you say you, you know more years down the line, more success. You know we all love the Willows, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, but we've all had to move forward now, and the AJ Bell is our new home. Um, and you know we're making memories there, and it's it's good to see. 
Yeah, leaving the villa was strange. It was a bit like leaving the villa, if you want it. They were supposed to on, I don't know what they were silly about it, but it was, wasn't it? And it's, it's not there now, and it's sad, but there's nothing you can do, is it? You, you can just remember it and watch the old videos, DVDs, and look at your old paper cuttings and programmes. And you know, I talk to my dad all the time, but I remember old matches, and they read stuff off from the 60s and 70s. And, but that's, that's just it, and it's gone now. We've just got to carry on, because we've, we've got a great club, haven't we, that we support? Well, other clubs might take them account of it, but Salford are our team, aren't they? And, and we love them. Yeah, and don't forget the Salford Devil Foundation put a mural up at the the old uh, Willows. You went down, didn't you, on that yeah, day? Yeah, if you've not been down to see it, you know, go down and it's, it's a fantastic sort of piece of artwork, really. It's a fantastic mosaic. I don't know the name of the lad who did it, though, is it? It's a bit low down somewhere, but it's on one of the, of the blogs, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, he did a great job, and it was um, a ceramicist, yeah. the lad that did it. And um, a local guy as well. And it really is a great piece of artwork, and it's well worth going down and have a look at. Yep, worth going down, having a look at that, and reminiscing about the old times uh, watching Sulphur Red Devils at the Willows. So, next up on the Devil in the Detail, we're going to be talking at the Amateur Report with Paul and. Yeah, here is this week's Devil in the Detail Amateur Report. And we'll start off this week with the Youth and Junior Leagues. We've not had much to bring you over the last few weeks with it being the Christmas holidays and New Year and this, that and the other. But with the IMAX Barley National Cup got underway at the weekend and there was a few results involving our local sides in the various age categories and that. In the under-18s, Saddleworth Rangers beat Oral St. James by 36 points to nil. Folly Lane went down by 4 points to 62 at home to Blackbrook. And Oldham St. Anne's beat Caddy's Head by 18 points to nil. That was the under-18s. In the under-16s, Hunslet Warriors 76, Mayfield Mustangs 0 and Oldham St. Anne's 4, Kipax 38. There's one fixture this coming weekend in the X-Max Baylor National Cup. This is the open age level. It's on Saturday the 3rd of February. It's round 2, Oldham St. Anne's take on East Leeds. There's quite a few fixtures in the universities as well this coming midweek. Wednesday the 31st of January, the university's Northern 1A Division. Liverpool St. John Moores play Manchester Met. And in the Northern 2A, it's Liverpool versus Manchester and Lancaster versus Salford. In the College Rugby League on Wednesday, in the North West League 1, it is Runshaw against the Salford Red Devils. Well, as we've mentioned the last couple of weeks, the Rugby League Challenge Cup got underway this weekend, just gone. And I've got all the results here for you from Round 1. On Saturday, the 27th of January, most of the games were played, and here are the scores. It was British Army 48, Milford Marlins 10, Distington 32, Queens 24, East Leeds 10, Thornhill Trojans 28, Featherstone Lions 34, Skirlaw 14, Hunslet Club Parkside against the Valley Cougars. That tie was awarded to Hunslet by the Rugby Football League. I'm not too sure why, whether it was Valley Cougars not turning up, but Hunslet Club Parkside have progressed through to the next round. Hunslet Warriors 0, Waffbrow Hornets 30, Kells 40, the British Police 8, Lee Minor Rangers 8. 18, Might and Warriors 22, Lock Lane 48, Hindley 0, London Chargers 18, Hammersmith Hills Hoist 0, Loughborough University 4, Bradford Dudley Hill 38, Billum 36, Strathmore Silverbacks 18, Oral St James 34, Northampton Demons 0, Alton Raiders 28, Siddle 26, Rochdale Mayfield 28, Crossfields 0, Royal Air Force 12, Drillington 4, Royal Navy 11, Normanton Knights 12. That game was after extra time and Royal Navy were 10-0 up at half-time and that's a great comeback for the Normanton Knights and a thrilling contest. Saddleworth Rangers 12, Thato Heath Crusaders 22. 
Shawcross against Beverly was postponed due to a waterlogged pitch. And Underbank Rangers 16, Batley Boys 17. Again, that one went to extra time, so congratulations to Batley Boys progressing there. University of Hull 24, Hensingham 10, Walls End Eagles 6, Pilkington Rex 42, York Acorn 16, Askham 32. And on Sunday, there was one match. That was Westall 58, Longhorns 10. The rescheduled game between Shawcross and Beverly is being played on Saturday, the 3rd of February. The draw for the second round of the Labbrook Challenge Cup will be played. The ties will be played on the 10th and 11th of February, and the draw will take place on Wednesday, the 31st of January at the Halliwell Jones Stadium, Warrington. The event will be streamed live on the BBC Sports website from 5pm and will be conducted by Warrington's new signing, if I can say it right, Sitalika Akalua and former Wolves player Gary Chambers. Well, there's quite a few more friendly games that took place over the weekend. I'll just take you through those. On Friday night, Featherstone Rovers beat Leeds Rhinos 18 points to 16 at the LD Nutrition Stadium. On Sunday, North Wales Crusaders beat the West Wales Ra- Raiders by 60 points to nil. Workington Town 40, Huddersfield Giants 10. That was also on Saturday. It was a thrilling contest on Friday night at the Totally Wicked Stadium in St Helens between the Saints and Lee Centurions. Saints just pipping the Centurions by 24 points to 20. On Friday night, also, Hull Kingston Rovers beat London Broncos 24 points to 18. Toronto Wolfpack won at the Providence Stadium in Bradford by 34 points to nil. York City Knights beat Hunslet 30 points to 6. Doncaster 34, Batley 36 on Sunday. That was a thrilling contest there. And Castleford Tigers, they beat Newcastle on Saturday 42 points to 6. There was a derby at the New River Stadium on Saturday between London Scholars and the Broncos. The Broncos were beaten by 32 points to 30. Another great game at Haywood Road on Sunday. Swinton Lions beat Wigan Warriors by 28 points to 20. Oldham Ruffians beat Keith Cougars 52 points to 6 on uh, on Sunday as well at the Vesticare Stadium. And it was nice to see New Salford signing Levy and Zungu on the score sheet there, coming off the bench to score a try. Gavin Bennion also played in that game as well, as the, we now know that Oldham have got a due registration with Salford. So good to see some Salford lads in that starting lineup on Sunday. And a special mention this week on the Devil in Detail Amateur Report to the Salford Red Devils under 16s. They had another great win. On Sunday, down at the stadium there, they beat Featherstone Rovers by 36 points to 16. So there's fantastic work being done down there. That young side really is worth watching. If you can get down there to their next fixture, get, get down there and watch them. So another great win, 36 points to 16. Well, just before I go this week, I know it's not amateur news, this, but I'll just take you through the uh, the first fixtures for the start of the Super League season, which gets underway under thir- on Thursday, the 1st of February. It's Hull FC against Huddersfield Giants, 8 o'clock kickoff. The televised game on Thursday is Warrington against Leeds Rhinos at 7.45. Friday night, Hull Kingston Rovers against Wakefield Trinity, 8 o'clock. Salford Red Devils against Wigan is a half past seven kickoff at the AJ Bell. The television game is St. Helens against Castleford Tigers. There's also a championship match between Dewsbury Rams and Sheffield Eagles. On Saturday, Toulouse Olympic hosts Swinton Lions. And there's a pre-season game between Newcastle, Thunder and Hemel Stags. Sunday, Witness Vikings play the Catalan Dragons in Super League. In the Betfred Championship, it's Featherstone Rovers against Halifax, Lee Centurions against Toronto Wolfpack, London Broncos against Barrow Raiders, Rochdale Hornets against Batley Bulldogs. There's also some pre-season games on Sunday. They're as follows. Hunslet take on the Hunslet Club Parkside. Keith Cougars play Leeds Rhinos. London Scholars against the West Wales Raiders. North Wales Crusaders against St. Helens. And Whitehaven against Workington Town. So there's some thrilling games there. Don't forget, get yourselves down to the 8J Bell on Friday nights. Half past seven kick half an hour earlier than normal for our big clash against Wigan. I'll see you there. So, that was the amateur report from Paul and next up, we're going to be talking about the big game against Wigan on Friday night. 
So, huge game for Solver and Devils on Friday night. The first game of the 2018 season. They take on Wigan Warriors at the AJ Bell Stadium, Paul. It's going to be a cracking game. It certainly is, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm a bit nervous about it. You know, Wigan coming to town. They've got a lot of power and a lot of pace in their, in their side, haven't they? They've lost Anthony Gelling, though. He's gone back. They've lost Michael McClorum. Um, I can't remember who they brought in Wigan to them. I don't think they've, they've made huge recruitment. But they're a tough side to beat, aren't they? And we're going to have to be on our game. We're going to have to defend really well. And we're going to have to take our chances when we, when we get them. So we're expecting a very tough game. Yeah. Do you think, obviously, Ian Watson, a couple of games in the pre-season, he's had a look at his squad. Um, do you think he's got, like, an idea of his strongest squad? Yeah, I would have thought he'd have had an idea now after the Swinton and Warrington game. It was a shame that Chris Blining couldn't play in the two friends down to that neck injury. I don't know how Chris is doing. I'm presuming he's going to be there or thereabouts. But... No, Josh Wood did excellently well uh, against both Swinton and Warrington, and I thought he was probably the most impressive in the, in the preseason games. I'd like to see him in the squad anyway, regardless of how Chris Bryan's doing. Uh, halfback combinations, we've got the three guys there. We've got Jack Littlejohn, Robert Louis, and um, did we mention Robert Louis before? No, we didn't. Actually. We no, about we Robert Louis. We should have, well, we can mention it now, can't yeah, we? Yeah, we can. Uh, so we've got those three in the reckoning for there. So, so yeah, I, I would have thought now we would have had. Um, We'd have had that in mind. I'm sure he'll, he'll be making his selection this week, going off, off training this week, and how well they've, they've sort of gone through the drills this week as well. I think we're going to t- we've totally forgot about the Rob Louis thing, but I think that's a good thing because obviously. So Andy Rosler came out with a sort of statement straight off the bat, didn't he? Straight away, sort of diffused the situation because obviously we know what soul fans and like they, they love a we love a good panic mode, don't we? And he came out straight away and said he's not for sale. Well, he made a statement. He didn't say in the statement he wasn't for sale. Um, I think he said, I can't remember what the words about. He didn't actually say he's not for sale, which is like what I wanted him to say. I thought it, the statement was okay, but I think it could have been stronger, stronger worded than that. I think it should have said Robert Lou's not for sale. He's prepared all pre-season with us. He's a Salford Red Devils player. You know, forget about making another bid. Uh, and that, that was my opinion on it. But I'm glad they came out with the statement. I would have liked it to have been a bit stronger. But in regards to selling him, I think it was ridiculous. I think it was a ridiculous play from Wilkinson Rovers. But you got to look. You got to look at it from both sides of the coin. Okay, yeah, they're a bit sl- uh, short on recruitment. Daniel Addy's got injured one of their halfbacks, so they've only got Dan- Danny Maguire there. Um, so they- their supporters probably putting pressure on Neil Goodrell, their chairman, and-, and Tim Sheens. They want somebody to be brought in, and um, they've obviously looked at us in the situation we've been in over the last few months with the Masilla selling and thought it's all a bit vulnerable. Good chance there, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's, it's a business at the end of the day. I mean, okay, that's okay. We're Salford. If, if that had been the boot on the other foot and we'd have gone for somebody at OKR, we wouldn't have been saying, oh, why have we done that? We'd have been, you know, go for it, go for it. So uh, so as long as we've refused it and we don't sell him, what we don't want now is you know, two weeks' time or something, Robert Lewis to disappear, which I'm sure he won't, but, you know, if he's not for sale, he's not for sale, and I'm glad they've come out, but I just would have liked him to have said, no, he's not for sale. Well, I think Ian Watson camped in Louis' house, didn't he, for, for a while? Well, Ian Watson <laughs> said he's not for sale. Yeah. I like what Ian Watson said. Yeah. Ian Watson was brilliant that press day um, in Huddersfield. He, he sort of said what came out really strongly and, and said, you know, he's not for sale, he's trained with him. And you can understand where Watto's coming from because he's, he's trained all season, pre-season with Salford from October. And, um, you know, he's, he's in Ian Watson's plans every day in training. He's doing those moves with him. He's, he's an integral part of Ian Watson's team. So he doesn't want to get rid of him now. It'd be a travesty to get rid of him now. I mean, he's done all that, that pre-season work and to have that thrown in now, it'd, be, it'd make a mockery at there. So I'm, I'm glad Ian came out and said that. And uh, I don't think he'd be going in. No, obviously, with our half-back as well, Little John, 
you know, Rob Louie and Gaz O'Brien, it's important that the three there uh, competing with each other to put each other on. Uh, and hopefully that'll be good for the team. Yeah, definitely, because don't forget, we've not got an academy, we've not got a reserve grade, so if one of those players gets injured, you're struggling then for somebody to, to play at halfback, aren't you? You'd have to bring someone like Nia Levels in at halfback, so with the three, because you're going to get injured. I can't see it, you know, I'd love it to be a settled halfback and to play, you know, every single game of the season, but, you know, the chance of that happening are probably slim and none, aren't they, really? Players are going to get injured, you're going to have to rest people, you know, the Easter period last season, we had to bring, you know, Todd Carney came in, so I would have thought you would, you would, Jiggle around those three players, so if you to lose one now, right on the eve of the season, right before the week before the Wigan game, it would have been, uh, would have been a nightmare for Walter. Yeah, it would have been a, a bit of a blow, um, but it's not the map, so it's not. It's pretty good, really. So looking at the Wigan game to come, Paul, any danger men for Wigan? Yeah, I think you've got danger all over the field with Wigan, especially in the three quarters. Uh, Sam Tompkins, I know people sometimes say he's past his best attitude quality player and he was probably the difference between the two sides I thought in the semi-final last season I like Oliver Gildart I think he's a special player very good very good centre very solid player Tom Davis the, the winger as well they've got pace out wide there haven't they and, uh, good, good pair of half-backs as well so and they've, got a, they've got a strong pack of forwards haven't they? they've got strength all over the pitch they've got guys like Sean O'Loughlin who can turn the game Liam Farrell who's a cracking second lower and uh, they've got the young referee's son Josh Ganton as well who's, who's making a name for himself at Hooker so I would have thought he'd probably Thereabouts. Tommy Lulawai as well, the season pro, he's been around the, the circuit, hasn't he, now for, for a number of years. So they've got they've got quality, they've got internationals in that side, haven't they? And we're gonna we're gonna have to be on our game to, uh, to to compete with them, and I'm sure we will. Yeah, obviously we've got a big set of forwards there. Um I'm sure they're gonna be competing with Wigan. Uh, I've got a feeling we're gonna get on top of them. Certainly, yeah. It's funny I, I I've been reading Pundit's predictions. I had a reading the Sky Sports one last night, I think it was Phil Clark, uh, Terry O'Connor and Barney McDermott. One of them predicted his 10th and the other two predicted his finish 12th. And the same with the Lee Express and same with the Lee Week. On a Monday morning, I normally go out and buy both the rugby papers. Yeah. Sit down for an hour with a brew and I'll scour through them all and <laughs> see what's going on. And stuff like that doesn't bother me, what, what pundits say. I think, you know, they get paid to do a job, don't they? And that, that's their opinion. And I'm sure Ian Watson will have fired the lads up for that. I'm just, I don't think he's stuff like that. I think he's confident in his own ability and his players' ability. But sometimes I think, you know, We've not been wholesale change from last season. We lost Masilla and we lost Dobson. But we've still got some season pros in that side. You've got Mark Flanagan, you've got Lee Mossop, you've got Craig Kopchak, Josh Jones, Luke Burgess is coming. There's, there's five forwards off the top of my head there that are season forwards. You've got some young lads in there like Ryan Lannan, Daniel Murray, who, who had a lot of game time last season. They're going to be better for that. You've got a young star in Chris Dining. You've got a grafter in Logan Tompkins. That's just the, the pack of forwards. You've got young Gavin Benyon and Levy and Zungu have come in, Ben Nakuaba. So you've got that nice blend of youth and experience, but those five guys that, you know, the elder statesmen there that I've been with, they're good players. And there's other sides that back your arm off to have those players in their team. You know, that's a good feel waiting for them, technically. Just think, like I said, we didn't watch them last season, he front-loaded, and that's the important thing for me. Obviously, if you're looking to obviously make send a message out to the people of Salford and the surrounding areas, Manchester, etc., etc., you need to be winning and winning well. And if you're... Right, you're at the top of the league, sort of top half, and competing week in, week out, and picking up victories as, as we go along, Paul. That'll send a message to people who are on the fence thinking, oh, we'll see how Salford are going to go on. Last season was a great season. We finished, you know, in the top four in the regular season. We dropped down to, was it seventh or eighth towards the, towards the end? But these fans who are going to be noticing that, and they're going to be looking at the our start for the Super League season, thinking, if Salford can start well again, and not near the top again, might go down much. And that's how I'm important, I think, that this start of the season is. We went we went front loaded last season, we, we, we went big and we won lots of games early on. 
I think it's massively important with the team this season. Well, I think that's when the crowds drops off. The crowds at the start of the season were good. I think we made like six, six and a bit thousand of us leading on Good Friday. And we sort of tailed off towards the end of May then, didn't we? And yeah, you'll get your diads, won't you? Your diads will go through to lose every single game, won't they? Um, obviously, you get, that's the way sport works, and it's the same for every team. I know it annoys me sometimes because it's like the rugby league seem obsessed with our crowds. There's plenty of other teams that struggle for crowds. Others feel don't get a very good crowd. Wait for your goodness. Not around about this, the same as us, really. I think we get a lot of flack for it sometimes, and it's unjustified. But yeah, it's the same. It's the same in all sport. People want to watch a winning side, don't they? And it's a results business, and at the end of the day, you will be judged by the results on the pitch. And the best thing we can do is hit the ground running and start for the win. Yeah, big pressure, but big characters come out of that, Paul. And yeah. you know, these players took us to the Challenge Cup semi-final. They took us to a, a, a really good finish in the in the in the league. I know, obviously, we tailed off towards the actual season, but to finish seventh, we'd have, we'd have probably. Sold a kidney for that at the beginning of the season, at the end of the day. And <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's one of them, you know, you're hoping that, you know, we can find a similar, you know, uh, confidence and, and similar abilities and, and similar performances this season and do it all again. Did you take seven spell? Yes. In a heartbeat. So I'll put you on the spot, right? Yeah. I'd say, you I'm, that to me, all yeah, I did. I, I, I'd take seventh now. Um, obviously, I believe with these players, you know, like you said, you listed, listed a few there who are class players and I can see top four or five finish if we stay clear of injuries and if we get the rub of the green in certain games it's the it is the injuries everything gets them don't they? it's true it's when you get them that's the important but I'm, I'm thinking of the bigger picture for this club we need to be starting the season well we need to be winning games early on yeah, I think just going back to what you said there and I don't know if the listeners will agree with me I think this season is very pivotal to, to, what, to how you do I think to finish in that bottom four this time you're looking on dodgy ground because you, the, the, the four that are going to be in the championship, you, I don't know. How they, I don't know how Toronto are going to go, but you could potentially be looking at Lee, Toulouse, Toronto, Featherstone. No disrespect to Featherstone, those other three are tricky, aren't they? And you know, would would you get through that this time? It'd be tough. You don't want to be in that situation, do you? We, we've been in there before, been in there twice. I mean, that middle eight. You don't want to be in that. I don't think so. Anyway, it's tough. You've got the tough grounds. The pressure's on you. You don't. Want Let's get in that top eight, and you know the world's your oyster. Then, but we're going back to the old "just doing enough." No, Let's I'm just, just, I'm just get. No, I'm just. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm mm. just saying that's the that's that's what you've got if you don't make the top yeah. eight. So that's what Ian Watson was saying. We don't want to be in that. No. We don't want to be anywhere near that. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that as um, the other sort of example of what could happen. Mm. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I understand that. Well, hopefully we'll we won't be worried about that because we're winning. You know, the no, first no, ten no, games, yeah, yeah. and we'll be up near the top, competing uh, on all fronts. Hopefully. No, no more injuries. Uh, win games and let's throw this club for as big as it can get. I was gonna I'm gonna throw one in now. <laughs> I've just wrote one down anyway. Have you? Yeah. Oh, well, go on then, yeah, what's your uh, what's your prediction then for the wing game? I don't know really. I was thinking about it, I thought weather. I think weather comes into it. I used to say that to you a lot, didn't I when I first started in the podcast <laughs> and I've not done it for a while. But right now, Paul. I think it's gonna be dry on the uh, off now. We keep looking out. That's a big question. Can we stop Wigan from scoring lots of points? But can we, we can get on a roll, can't we, Wigan? Uh, I thought we did it for Warrington. For long mm. periods of that game, we tackled really, really well. And I'm expecting that on Friday. I think we'll, we've got players on there that tackle everything that moves. And if we can sort of keep Wigan to like two scores and two tries, even under 20 points, I think we can win the game. Um, so that's what we'll have to wait 17-12. I'm going for out the blocks quick. First 30 minutes. Blow Wigan out of the water. 
Right, well, here we go now, listeners. If Salford beat Wigan by 30 points to 6, I'll be taking this guy for a three-course meal. Oh, yeah. Yep. Come on. Come on, the boys. You're listening to this. And he can jump on my back and I'll run all the way down <laughs> not on the ground with him. <laughs> no, you'll dodge your back. <laughs> oh, yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, hopefully, Salford will be celebrating a victory against Wigan on Friday night. So, that's the end of this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. And don't forget your three-word match reports this week as well. Yeah, we'll don't. A few more, mm, yeah, don't forget. You're a man of the match in three-word match reports draft for the game and we'll uh, keep them clean and we'll, uh, we'll read them out uh, after the, uh, next week's show. So, I've been Rob Parkinson. That's been uh, Paul Whiteside. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail, SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at the ITD, SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contact. So, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Day. Live. Radio contact.